Hi, I'm Nina Samuels, and apparently you have nothing better to do with your time, so you are listening to the Holy Shoot podcast. gentlemen and welcome to the third edition of the holy shoot wrestling challenge for both our previous and new listeners we have upgraded and changed the format completely and instead of a weekly roundup we thought we would become a weekly debate show we will also be doing interviews courtesy of our co-host jason on a regular basis too so what is a holy shoot wrestling challenge i hear you ask the holy shoot wrestling challenge is a new wrestling quiz show where the arguments not your overall opinion wins. Each week, our guests will go head-to-head over five rounds and debate topics are either relevant to right now or will be themed. After that, we will have a three-count round. The three-count round will be where the two competitors are forced to pick between one of two options and will have 30 seconds to say why their option is best. Again, it's not what they choose wins, but their arguments. Simple, got it. The winner will be whoever has the most points at the end and in the event of the tie after eight rounds we will go to a tiebreaker that they do not know about right the following contest is scheduled for one fall one fall just me just me on yeah. that one thanks jason and it is a singles match introducing first from woken sorry he has a record of one and one he is jason jc cornet norris rod can i do my own intro no i've got a better one he has a better record than kenny omega it's jason (laughs) norris you're not wrong you're not wrong indeed. Maybe more into that a little later. And introducing his opponent from Bedford, Bedfordshire. He is currently standing out undefeated. What an O. He is Sam, the Bedfordshire brawler. Layton. Guys, I don't want to ask how you're doing. I want you to cut a promo on each other right now. This doesn't count for anything, but I want you to shoot on each other. <laughs> uh, get, get, get some hype into this. Jason, I'm, I'm sick of your bullshit. I've had enough of it, and I'm, gonna, I'm here to put a stop to it. You've already lost once. That shows you can be beaten, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you wish you'd never done... A debate on a podcast. Still best. Sasha Banks on Raw. Jason, your response. Uh, Company man, Sam Layton, the Roman Reigns of the podcast, clearly has the the corporation behind him. I'm taking you down because I am the real fan (laughs) favourite. Wow. Wow. Uh, Man, Uh, seriously though, how are you doing guys this afternoon? I am. Sam, you look tired. Yeah, I'm fucking knackered because uh, we stayed up to watch All Elite Wrestling last night. Double or nothing. Not double or nothing. That was the last show. That's how tired I am. Uh, All (laughs) Out. It it was good. But then before that, I went to see New Japan's Royal Quest uh, live. And that was a fucking excellent show. So, Mm. yeah, it's just added up to a lot of tiredness. I'm going to be doing my best to not fuck up on on this podcast. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, I, I mean, I went to the Rev Pro Summer Sizzler event on the Friday night, which had a lot of the New Japan guys there as well. So I had my Friday night wrestling. Then I watched Takeover at Home, and I watched AEW today. So I'm, I've been I've been doing a lot of wrestling as well, but I didn't have the all-nighter that you guys did where you stayed up until, what, five in the morning watching the show? Yeah, I, well, I, I, didn't get back, I didn't get back to my place until 6 a.m. Yeah, same. How much did you drink along the, along the way from a New Japan and AEW? That must have been a. Did you pace it? Uh, 
So I actually took it really, really easy and only had two thirds of a pint of beer at the first the pub we went to before New Japan. And then I didn't drink after that because I knew I thought I'll just I'll wreck myself. I'll be so tired. Um, and yeah, I knew I had to do the podcast today. So, you know, I'm a professional, professional, unlike some people on this podcast who forget to put their headphones in before we start recording. Yeah, so, you know, I thought I'd take it easy last night for you fans. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I think that's a smack talk over with. That, that, that's some harsh shooting right there. So let's get on with the show. This week, our questions will be focused on AEW All Out and NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. So my first question, aside from the wrestling masterclass, that was Walter versus Tyler Bate. What was the best match this weekend? Jason, you go to go first. I'm going with the Young Bucks VD Lucha Brothers. Um, I'm picking this because it ticked a lot of boxes. It was an escalation of an ongoing feud. It was better than their last match. It felt better paced. There was added drama from the way they used the ladders. The drama was good. They had the tension building from the start with the face-off at the very beginning of the match and some naughtiness with masks being taken off. There was some real innovation, like the flipping pile driver from the ladder through the table, which was immense. And and that was like that's the one that stood out, but there was a lot of that going on. It was also a really even match, a lot of back and forward. And I think before this, it was hard to pick a winner. It could have gone either way. And then it even continued to build what is becoming a really good tag division with LAX turning up at the end. So it ticked a lot of boxes for me, and I really enjoyed the match. Sam? Cool. Um, So my answer is obviously Suzuki versus Okada from... No, um, I'm only joking. Uh, This is not about New Japan. Um, So I am going to go with Cody versus Sean Spears, actually. Oh! I I didn't expect that. Yeah, I I thought, um, you know, while the wrestling was maybe not like... It, you know, it's not Will Ospreay versus Ricochet or whatever. It was still an incredibly solid match, you know, showcasing the fact that you can tell a great story in the ring um, without necessarily needing to to do lots of big, big flips or, or stunts. And then on top of that, you had the added drama with Tully Blanchard, obviously in Sean Spears' corner, which is good to see him out again. And then Arn Anderson making the surprise appearance added some extra drama to the match. And then that's another storyline they kind of created as well. Like as a match, it set up a lot of very interesting things, uh, particularly like that, that moment at the very end of the match where MJF uh, kind of has the chair and he's got it in his hands. And then Cody kind of turns, he's like looking at it like, oh, you know, should I use this? And then Cody turns around and catches him and he's like oh i'm throwing the chair away now that's like you know that's going to be in a vt or something later on um and so i think as as a match in terms of like being what a wrestling match should be which is like a, a satisfying culmination to a story that still leaves lots of questions to be answered for the future i think cody versus sean spears was the best match of the weekend fair enough yeah Fight. oh dear sam can i just run down your match and you can see there's any way you can rebut this so it was actually too short for what they were trying to do. Um, they started off also, they scared the shit out of a dog. I'm not down with that. We were the pyro and fire oh, yeah. The dog was shitting itself. That's not cool for me. They should have thought about that a bit more. Um, it was another freestyle classic from Cody. It seems, and it's only when you've got Dustin in the ring where you can do anything better than freestyles. And to your point, it was not actually about them. It was all about MJF. I spent the whole match watching him. I didn't really care about what was going on in the ring because I wanted to see what he was doing and if he was being deliberately getting in the way and hurting Cody by distracting the ref. So all I did was look at him. I didn't really care about these two guys in the ring. I mean, I I don't know if that's I mean that's your decision I suppose to not pay attention to the actual the match. But I thought there was some great storytelling moments in the match with um. Cody getting whipped with the belt and things like that. But I think more to the point, actually, um, rather than getting kind of sidetracked into, I guess, defending my own match, I think while the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers was an excellent match, it was a showcase. It didn't... It, it ended... I guess it ended a series of three matches, but those matches in themselves were kind of showcase kind of marquee matches anyway. There's not been a lot of kind of real storyline build, and it, it doesn't kind of doesn't there's nothing that comes out of the end of it it was a great match and it was cool for a spot fest if that's your thing but i didn't really feel like 
in the actual match itself, there was very much narrative, apart from, like, let's jump off the highest thing we can through as I many think, tables as we can. I think there was a clear narrative to this whole feud. It's who's the best tag team in the world and who are the best brother tag team in the world. That's what they've been doing. Um, I think, you know, the promos and the video packages they've been doing built enough of that. And I thought they told enough of a story just from the attitude and the aggression and tension that was in here that I was bought into it. And I thought it wasn't just a spot fest. It was obviously going to be a lot of high flying moves because of these teams, but that's just because they're they're really good tag teams. I mean, also in response to your criticism that it didn't go long enough for Cody versus Sean Spears, it was 16 minutes and and 20 seconds, which is actually one of the longer matches on the card that wasn't a multi-man. I, I felt um, like it, I didn't think it was that long ago. I must have just like I guess not been paying enough attention to it because I was too busy looking at MJF. Or you know maybe it was so good you just got carried away and forgot <laughs> forgot what the time was. I definitely knew how long the Lucha Brothers match was. There's one of those matches where like you see someone go through take a package pile driver front flip through four tables and then 30 seconds later they pop back up on their feet to do a moonsault into another load of tables onto someone else i think it's they sold of... more than normal like especially like some of those like some of those moves out to the tables i know they get up a bit quicker than you'd like but they weren't like within 30 seconds there was some longer term selling going on compared to normal um i mean i i personally didn't didn't see that myself um as i said i don't necessarily think it was a bad match and so i'm hesitant to kind of criticize the standard of the wrestling too much i just don't think it was like everything that a wrestling match could be if that makes sense but you you prefer three star cody over well i don't i don't agree that it was a three star i think it was closer to four but there we go that i mean that's that's kind of the difference between you and me i guess um yeah and i think that the, the, there's just a lot more exciting storylines that came out of the I, cody versus i think Sean i think match. you like that match because it gave you the chance to have maybe a little sleep because it was a long night for you so that's why you probably enjoyed it <laughs> actually more. jason the match that i was you can ask people who are watching it with me the match that i was falling asleep during was the lucha brothers versus the young bucks oh, I can't um, believe that. So- i had to stand up after that um and that's that's true that's like a completely organic truth i'm not just making it up to score points um but how, how can you judge my match for being bad if you like if you fell asleep or you missed it because you were just so tired from a long day you couldn't <laughs> score it. Oh, i don't oh, think right, you're you... giving a fair opinion on my match yeah you, my you've, you've got me there i mean i could argue that i can't give a fair opinion about any of these match any of the wrestling i saw this weekend because i was basically tired for all of it so, um, okay. Rod, we can wrap it up i think i win this <laughs> Oh boy, Sam! Oh, you were winning. Why you did were you winning by, you, were, you were winning by a country mile, but you, uh, Jason, just got that. You know when someone like beats you up for four rounds, and then in the fifth round somehow Jason gets a knockout punch because you just let your guard down for one second. Uh, yeah, I, I have to give the point to Jason because oh, I was tired. I, I'm just being honest. Yeah, well, you know, it's just like, it's a killer blow. Sorry. I mean, I think he made excellent points. FYI, I didn't like either match. So, <laughs> uh, Rod, what was your you know, of interest? What was your favourite? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to tell mine like, after, um, obviously, for out of fairness. Mine was actually the NXT UK tag team title match. I thought that, that was, was really fun. That was a very good match. Oh, yeah. That was going to be my other choice if I didn't go with the Young Bucks. So two very good tag matches this weekend. Yeah, I felt like the Young Bucks was a bit too spot festy for me. And I felt Cody versus Sean was a bit... Mm. Um, but I think Sam made strong arguments. But at the end of the day, it's that killer blow. But there's still seven more rounds to go. So who should face Falter next for the WWE United Kingdom Championship? Sam, you get um, to go first. Cool. I, I will go first then. Um, so I think that when you're considering Walter's next challenger for the UK Championship, you have to consider kind of the length of his reign, uh, which he's only had, uh, I think, three defences so far, one of which was a rematch against Pete, Pete Dunne the first time. So you probably don't want him to drop the belt for his next title match. Uh, you probably want so what you want is someone who can put on a great match where kind of Walter still comes out on top and it's still an exciting draw but you're not blowing like a big money match for for TV um, so you might want to save some of the bigger guys for whenever the next takeover is uh, so with that in mind that kind of thinking I've gone with Jordan Devlin 
Uh, <clears throat> I think he is extremely good at wrestling. Uh, I, he's had some absolute blinding matches with Walter with, in OTT in the past. And actually, uh, after Walter won the belt, the day after um, at the TV taping, he had another match. He had a match against Jordan Devlin that was a non-title match, so which he obviously Walter won. Uh, but you've got a storyline there. You know, Volta, I didn't beat you last time, but I'm ready this time and it's for the title. It means more. It's it's bigger. Um, and I also think he doesn't necessarily... Jordan Devlin doesn't look weaker if he loses to Volta because it's, it's like an old foe rather than kind of like a, a new guy. And he's already established as quite a strong dude. Also, he doesn't need to stick around because he's currently the OTT champion. So he's kind of not necessarily a full-time guy. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm going to go with Jordan Devlin to be essentially fed to Walter, but in a way that doesn't put him down too much. Interesting. So I think you've made a fatal flaw there because um, I think, Rod, the question is who should face Walter for the UK, UK Championship? It doesn't say it has to be on TV or when this title defence has to happen. So really... There's only one choice here for me. There's no one in the UK division that's been built up as credible that's left to take on Volta. So there's a man who said he's staying in NXT. He's not going to Raw or SmackDown. He said NXT. He didn't specify which brand of NXT. So I'm actually going to be looking at this and saying Johnny Wrestling is coming over to NXT UK. And it makes complete sense. He has wrapped everything up within the main NXT brand. They can move him over like they've done with other people. And with the USA now having NXT, you need to build NXT UK up for a US audience to make it matter more. It's the second most important reason to have the network at the minute is to have NXT. Make NXT UK matter as much. You move Johnny over there. You put him on a full-on feud. And we've never seen Johnny do David V. Goliath. We've never seen him against someone the size of Volta. I think you make NXT UK much more important by building the next several months around Johnny Wrestling coming after Volta in a David Goliath feud. Interesting. Both answers are very interesting. Fight. I really think it's an extremely bad idea to have like a massive American import on the British brand of nxt something that's supposed to be like representative of the british indie scene and while he's had a few matches in progress and stuff here or there johnny gargano is not part of the british indie scene um, i do why, no, why is it now, to represent the indie scene why sorry, is NXT UK meant to represent the, the british maybe not indie then the british wrestling scene I, have you seen the roster it's all all the british scene from like the past five or ten years are basically on it um and i think <clears throat> yeah, while while perhaps back in back in the kind of beginning of the WWE UK Championship belt, it was kind of a bit of a like extra title that didn't really have a home. Now NXT UK is its home. It, it wouldn't be right to have anything except like a kind of I guess a marquee or a demonstration match on NXT. But I think it, again, giving away a big match like Johnny Gargano versus I'm not, Vold- I'm not giving Vold- it away. I'm building it to the next takeover. Oh, so you'd have him come to NXT UK. Yeah, and then Johnny Johnny Wrestling comes to NXT UK, and they build okay. the UK brand around Volta v Johnny. Oh, NXT okay, okay, sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you meant that um, Walter would go to NXT and have a match against Johnny Gargano oh, on sure. American NXT. Which, uh, but I think both of them are not not great kind of choices anyway, because yeah, the the UK show should be about UK talent. Johnny Gargano is not UK talent. No one cares about Jordan Devlin. Not I think a single person cares outside of the OTT fans. I think a lot of Irish people do. I think a lot more British indie fans care about Jordan Devlin as well. And even I, I think people generally are either kind of indifferent to him or they like him. And so this match could be one where he wins more people over and becomes more of a draw. Uh, Volta's definitely capable of getting that performance out of him and he's definitely capable of delivering on it as well. The, this isn't necessarily meant to be like a big money kind of buy your tickets to see this match. It's it's a match that people who go to see the TV taping would want to watch uh, and feel like they've got their money's worth because they got to see Volta beat up some Irish nerd. Yeah, I don't think Volta should be defending the belt on a regular basis on TV. I'm saving it for a takeover show with Johnny where it matters. I think you can do more building the NXT brand up by bringing Johnny in than trying to build up Jordan. I feel like what you're suggesting is like the equivalent of like 
when a big main roster person who's not doing too well comes down to NXT and it's always a bit kind of it's a bit weird when it happens it never I, feels quite right like I don't think anyone would feel <clears> that way about Johnny Wrestling though it's not like Cassius Ono moving around because he can't win a single match we're talking about the former NXT champion yeah I guess but then wasn't I mean Tyler Breeze did this, a similar thing coming down from the main roster to NXT and that was just weird and he is a former NXT champion no he's not isn't he? I thought he was. No. No, he's not. He's, oh, okay, never, he's never won an NXT title of any form. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. I mean, but even so, I still think it would, you know, NXT title or no, it's still a bit weird to have that kind of sideways movement of brands. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be, like, an American NXT guy on an an English show, but it should be, like, a marquee match. Like how... um. We've had Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate on NXT takeovers before. Things like that are fine because that's still kind of, it's like a UK match on the American show rather than being like a storyline that's in the American show, which I I think you should let the brand stand on its own, basically. I just think that my matches are a hell of a lot more interesting and just found are going to care about it a lot more in the US and the UK. Is that it? I mean, I think I think we could probably keep talking for longer, but I, do you want? I was going to say, like, I guess the question then is, where do we rank? Are NXT UK and NXT on like a level footing, or is NXT UK like developmental for NXT that then feeds into the main roster? How how are we saying the standing we're, happens there? We're saying you need to get NXT UK up to the level of NXT because of NXT moving to the USA network. Yeah, so I don't think you do that by bringing people over from NXT because then you send the message that this guy's come down to be like a special guy in this in this lower division instead of building up the storylines and, and, and roster members to be on that level of, of hype. You know, that's marketing, that is. I disagree. I have made my decision. Uh, it's pretty clear to me who's the winner of this point. Uh, the, win- the point goes to Sam. Yeah. I, I kind of feel that... <laughs> I think his counter arguments against the, I mean, I like, I like the Johnny Gargano I did and not get me wrong, but it's not about the answer. It's about the argument. And I think, uh, Sam's counter argument is really strong about how it, br- it brings down Johnny Gargano. It brings down, um, you know, it feels like a relegation almost. And I think that that point is made clear enough. I think saying no one cares about Jordan Devlin without any real reason either. Didn't really help. Um, I don't think it's ever sold so, a ticket for an NXT show, but okay. Uh, well, that's not the point. The point is what's next. It's not about, like, you know, it's, it's about story, and I think that was lacking. But, you know, either way, Sam gets a point. It's one all. So we'll move on to the third question. Nyla Rose won the Battle Royal and will face Riho for the AEW Women's Championship uh, down the line. But I'm going to ask you who should have won the battle instead of Nyla Rose? FYI, I'm a Nyla Rose fan. This is not me criticising her. But who should have won instead? So I'm up first for this one, right? So mm-hmm. it's pretty clear to me there's only one name on this list. It's Awesome Kong. She's just much more money than any single person in their women's division when you look at it. Um, she's the biggest name they've got because of her role in GLOW, her previous national TV exposure. She should actually win that title, be their first champion. Um, they can, if they want, they can do a little feud with her where she can be doing like, you know, Rio can be more like the Gal Kim feud that Kong did in the past. I know it's a slight retread, but actually you can do it a lot better and on a bigger stage and just play around with it a lot more. And from there, Kong just kills everyone. You have her beating up everyone who is generally going to be smaller than her and you have time to build an actual star. Maybe Maybe um, Nyla Rose is actually the star you build, but someone has to take time to get built up because there's no one in that division that is over or as well-known or is going to draw money like Awesome Kong's going to. Sam? Cool. Um, so I thought this was actually a loaded question because you said who should have won the Battle Royale instead. And I, I don't think anyone should have won the Battle Royale instead. I actually think Nyla Rose was the right choice. Am I allowed to do this answer? Um, I should have probably checked before. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean the question is who should have won the battle royal instead. It's not really loaded at all. It's quite clear that it's meant as an alternative. I agree with you. I actually like Nyla Rose. Um, I thought it'd be someone different, hence why the original question. But who should have won the battle royal instead, Sam? 
Okay, well, uh, I guess I'll change my answer on the fly to um, uh, B Priestley. Um, even though she's the stardom, she's like well into stardom. I mean, so are half the people on the AEW roster anyway. There's there's loads of. I, th- I think there's only like maybe four or five full-time women on the AEW roster, and then everyone else are, are, are part-timers. So you don't necessarily have to have her win the belt, but she's really good. The crowd loves her as well. Like the pop when she came out for the four-way before, uh, was it Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen? Um, yeah, Fight for the Fallen. Yeah, the, the four-way, I think it was her, Ali, Britt Brit Baker, and someone else i can't remember but anyway she's really popular and she's really fucking good at wrestling like uh, i've seen her um in in lots of different places um kind of small and big venues and she always wins the crowd over and delivers uh, a fantastic performance uh, i think it, she would be a better choice than the obvious one which is brit baker because brit, brit baker winning winning the the battle royale and going on to win the title is kind of a bit I know it's a bit Adam Pagey kind of booking, kind of a bit flat. And I think B Priestley is an interesting and exciting new um, kind of up and comer who who would do really well in in that kind of title type position. I've seen her have loads of great title matches before. She's definitely got it in her, and the crowd cool. won it as well. Fight. Your only real argument seems to be like yes, B's quite a good worker, but but the crowd loves her. I've not seen the crowd get into her that match, and I've also mainly seen her wrestle as a heel. And so I'm not sure how the crowd's really buying in and getting behind her as a face. I'm guessing she does face in some some federations. But I've still never seen her quite get over like you're talking about. And I don't think many people really know who she is outside of like the hardcore stardom crowd, which is not what they need to be going after. So, I mean, I would say to you, go back and watch the fight. fight of, uh, was it fight for? I can't. We only just said it. But whatever match... The four way that she was in, I'd go back and watch that, listen to the pop she gets when she gets in when for her entrance. Like it's really clear actually more people know about who she is than you think. Um possibly because she's Will Ospreay's girlfriend, but I think actually she's kind of well enough known now that she stands on her own. I think Awesome Kong is a bad choice for the belt. She doesn't really need it. She's already established as like a terrifying beast and she's already a draw without the belt. People who want to buy tickets to see Awesome Kong will come and watch her in a match where she's just beating up on some small Japanese ladies. It, you know, title or no title. Uh, also, I think she's actually kind of getting towards the end of her career. Uh, and so maybe she's not kind of the right choice to be holding the belt and defending it week in week out on tv she's better as a monster uh, kind of turning up smashing people up being brandy Rhodes, kind of lackey and then ultimately maybe building to a feud with brandy but i don't uh, know if she necessarily I, needs to be in the title picture i love i love the way you've just described this for me because it's perfect so you're saying that the crowd but like Dustin Kong's gonna come anyway that's not what she's there for she's there to get headlines she's there to get them like tv front tv news front pages but the star of glow netflix hit highly acclaimed tv show where there's even been talk of her potentially winning awards for her acting is now the aew champion that gets you headlines and also you then point out about the fact that you know she shouldn't be used all the time she should be used as a monster exactly like brock lesnar she should be used in that way as a showcase champion so i think you just helped me make my point Thank i you. think well, I think perhaps further down the line, what you're saying is not necessarily wrong, but I think for the first champion, having like a Brock Lesnar showcase absent champion would be an extremely bad idea because you need to build that new deve- that new belt and that new division. And the way you do that is by having a, a fighting champion who appears on television all the time. And actually, I think that they get the headlines about her being in glow and stuff like that without the belt being on her because um, people who are interested in GLOW enough to look up who's in GLOW will then read about Awesome Kong and therefore AEW without without necessarily the fact that she's got the title on her, you know? No, I think you get more headlines and attention from putting the belt on her in the first place. I think that's a real story. You've got to go down that route. I don't think you have to have a fighting champion on the show every week, which is what I'm guessing you're going for. I'd rather have contenders fighting for the chance to take on that champion and using her for the big shows and using promo packages. You build champions up by not overexposing them, and that's how you build a world title up by not overexposing it. I think you've got to establish the division first, and and the way you do that is with title defences. That's how you establish the the, the pecking order, I think. Don't know. I think I think we I think I disagree. I get broad. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I I think uh, 
I think this is tighter than I expected it would be, considering the circumstances. Um, I think Jason just edged this one purely on his uh, almost his defense of like being a close star, uh, the way you build up a champion, and just like you know have contenders being built up. I quite like that idea. I think Sam, you know, changing your answer very tough really good arguments on the fly. Uh, this was a very tough one, but Jason wins it by, by a hair essentially. So sorry, Sam. Fair. But, I'll take that. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, yeah, Jason, Jason did. Jason wins a point. So on to the fourth question with the debut of LAX last night and a whole host of tag team matches as well. Uh, I ask, I ask you guys who should be the first tag team champions in AEW. I guess I get to go first this time. Yep. Yeah. So um, I had a look at the list of tag teams in AEW. And I think from kind of looking at who there is and the kind of roles they'd normally have in the show, there's only really one proper sensible choice, uh, especially when you consider the the kind of recent news. And, and uh, that choice is uh, they're not actually called LAX anymore. They're called just Ortiz and Santana now because I think Impact owns the, the name. Um, so whatever they're called, I think they should be the champions. Um, they, they've already a well-established tag team. Uh, they put on incredible performances. Um, and, you know, they're a huge draw. The fact is that AEW and WWE were just in a bidding war over them. Impact fans already know how good they are. WWE fans who follow the news kind of will know who they are now from from people talking about this negotiation. And AEW fans are generally quite well they've they've either watched wwe or impact by definition until they started watching aew like i don't know if the show's been around for long enough to have like new fans who haven't watched any other wrestling yet um i mean all, all you have to do is look at the reaction they got after they pulled the masks off last night it was probably one of the biggest pops of the night uh during during the um all out show was when they ran into the ring and attacked uh who did they attack that was the Wait, who did they run in? And <laughs> I can't even remember who they beat up. Lucha Brothers. The Lucha, it was during the Young Bucks match, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was probably the most exciting, or one of the most exciting things to happen in, in that match, maybe even. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's my answer. The other kind of choices that came close were people like the best friends, and they don't... No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Stop here right there. I just want one answer. Okay. Jason. Yeah, um... I'm going to go with the You go with the money here. You put the belts on the money, and that's the Young Bucks. Uh, and I think they should defeat whoever they... I think Alex, they'll get a new name at some point, right? Whatever they're going to call them. But they should probably defeat them for the belts in the final of the tournament. I just think Young Bucks are the biggest names, like in the US and globally. They're the best workers. They're going to be full-time, part of the office. They're not going to do anything stupid. And they sell the most merch. When you look at it, you know, all those T-shirt sales in Hot Topic, the Elite and so on, it's because of how cool the Young Bucks are. They're the ones that you want to associate your tag belts with. I mean, LX are definitely going to be cool guys for them to have that first big feud with. But Young Bucks, for me, are the names that you can actually make the most money with. Fight. Cool. So I think similarly to uh, the, the previous answer, the Young Bucks are kind of already a draw for AEW. Like, the people who are already buying their merch were buying it when they didn't have a promotion to be associated with. Um, and while having AEW may have caused a slight uptick, I'm not sure if they're, like... Their draw power is going to go down because they don't have the belts or because they don't win the tag team tournament. It's also kind of storyline-wise the kind of dull option is really obvious like that like you say they are they started the promotion they're the reason why everyone's there they're the bookers it would be kind of like ah, oh, yeah all right you just booked you, yourselves to win and look really strong the whole time it's not that they they shouldn't do that because they are good at or, or yeah they're good at wrestling they're a great tag team and they are a great draw but i think when you're creating a new tag team division you need to establish like a new up-and-coming up tag team and lax are it they'll look great beating the young bucks the young bucks don't really lose anything by losing because they're already established as one of the if not the best tag team in the world um and yeah it it, it, it just 
they don't gain anything by winning the belts really other than some cool photos to pose for I don't know I look at LAX I think they're a good team right but um I'm not sure I mean I don't know how well known they are I know some of us like you know we watch a bit of impact but no one watches impact like 20,000 people do in the US or something stupid right no one really cares about that I've, I appreciate they're a cool tag team but I don't know I just I just don't think they're the, I go again, I go with the money at this point. I'm thinking it's great to have these guys become champions later on down the road. But for me, I want to put my belts on all my biggest stars when I launch a company and get myself over that way and get the overall company over and know that by working with those big stars, it gets the rest of the crew over at the same time. And then for that, for that reason, I think it makes more sense to put the belts on the biggest stars you have. It's why they put the world title on Jericho and not Adam Page. They knew they needed to have their biggest stars they've got, get their belts. I'm not sure if I, that, the Adam Page kind of comparison or Jericho Adam Page comparison is is quite fair because Jericho's a much more established and much bigger name. The Young Bucks are still indie guys, even though they are undeniably oh, I have very to argue well. That completely, or, or, they are massive. They're one of the biggest teams in Hot Topic, one of the biggest like merchandise clothing companies in the US. They've like that. They've been on major shows in New Japan and around the world. You cannot call the Young Bucks indie guys. Yeah, well, I mean. So, okay, outside WWE guys then, non-mainstream guys then, if that's the, that's, if you're going to split hairs about... Non-mainstream that has their own, like, Funko brand range and t-shirts and Hot Topic, you're still calling them non-mainstream. Well, yeah, it's cheap to print merchandise in 2019. Um, I think... They've got all those great, like, you know, big high merchandise and Funko figures. Yeah, but they're going to have those high merch sales without the tag team belts. They don't need the tag team belts to shift this stuff. But that's because they're the biggest name. So you put your belts on the biggest names to get attention to your product because people like them. But I think that people who already like the Young Bucks are already paying attention to the product. It's called All Elite Wrestling. They're in the elite. Does it not get the rest of the roster over that then it work, they work with Young Bucks to try and win those belts? I think it would look better if they, if like a, a, a new up-and-coming team had a decisive victory over the Young Bucks in the final of the, of the tag team tournament. And I think, I think Ortiz and Santana are, are it. I can definitely see LX taking the belts off the Young Bucks eventually, but I'd do that six months down the line. I'd use the Young Bucks up front to get those, get the eyeballs on that product and know that you've got the top stars winning your belts. And then by doing those six months with the Young Bucks having the belts, when LAX do win them, it means a lot more. Yeah, I think that would probably turn a lot of people off, actually. Um, having like the obvious, it's, it's, like, it's such obvious booking. Uh, kind of merchandise and doesn't merchandise. always mean it's not right. Obvious can be right sometimes. We're not. Yeah, it can, it. but in this case, I don't. I don't think it really is. Like it's. It's. I don't know. It's just like the most default of default storytelling. Is it so obvious that people wouldn't expect it? I don't think so. Um, no, not in this case. I think that would be something like having Kenny Omega win the heavyweight title, which they didn't do. Um, but I think that, that that your line of thinking is similar to that line of thinking, which is is flawed. You don't need to build the Young Bucks up. They they don't need the belts. Um, whereas, yeah. Kenny the Jobber Omega. How dare you compare the Young Bucks to that. <laughs> he's had two matches, Jason. And he's lost them both. <laughs> Very cons- you know, conclusively. So I think we get three technically. What was he the, the, oh he, he had a multi man didn't he? Yeah, no he had, a ma- he had a match with Seema. When? Fight for the oh, yeah, You're right he did. Oh I don't remember that at all. He beat, he, he beat another anyway, one. Anyway, anyway we're getting off topic. <laughs> Got a couple more minutes and then I'll make a decision if you need those two minutes. I'm not sure if there's kind of that much more more to say on this subject like I think what it boils down to is Jason thinks that they'll be able to draw more merchandise if they have the belts and they'll draw more eyes to the product and I think they'll do that without needing the belts on them and you should use the belt to elevate one of the new tag teams I think that's what it comes down to isn't it Jason and I'm I'm saying you get all the eyeballs in first and then you elevate a tag team down the road once you've established the belts and the division right I've made the decision um, that was a really good debate. That was a really good debate. Uh, the point. Uh, I don't know. I think the point has to go to Sam on this one. Yay. Uh, I think the point. I think the main point really is that 
people already watching the Young Bucks. I think I Jason's argument was also strong. Again, this is like a knife edge decision. I but think yeah. they're both good choices, to be honest, aren't they? I mean, yeah. yeah so. Yeah, everyone wins. Everyone wins, except you, Jason. You don't get the point. <laughs> I mean, I think that's probably what makes the tag team tournament so exciting. I think it's possibly the most exciting part of AEW at the moment, that, that pretty much any of the teams are kind of conceivably could win it, maybe with a couple of exceptions like the Dark Order. But um, Cause you yeah. imagine that you think stupid, like, LAX versus Young Bucks in the first round, and then like whoever wins ends up against the Dark Order in the final. Oh god, I hope <laughs> that that's like a Vince McMahon type booking. It'll make uh, him look strong. I'll, I'll say one thing before moving on. Brian Alvarez, I think, tweeted a match for a first round buy is just essentially a first round match. Yeah, no, it's not. It's pretty much it is. I thought <laughs> about this. No, it's not. It's not because if they have an odd number of people in the tournament, then whoever. So what was it? The Dark Order against the Best Friends. So now the Dark Order have to do another first round match to get through to the second round, but the Best Friends don't. That's what a buy is. So the yeah. the Dark Order aren't eliminated from the tournament. They just have to do another match that the Best Friends don't have to do now. The Dark Order won, but anyway. But it's also not, it's also oh, yeah, sorry. Other way around. What, 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 what have I done? Uh, anyway, me slapping my thigh will have to work as a ring bell. Um, as long as it's your thigh. Yeah, yeah, it's just my thigh. But what's anyway, slapping? No, sorry. I'm, I'm showing my thighs off to the lads. Uh, oh, dear God. Uh, so, final question of the main round. Give All Out an overall star rating. Jason. So yeah, I think I have to think about this. So I'm going for the three and a three and three quarter stars out of five because it was a good show, but something just fell off, and it might just be because of the length of the show. For me, you can have the most amazing wrestling show, but when you go into four hours, you get to a point where I'm like, I was enjoying this, but I'd like it to just move along a bit more, please. So there's always that side to it. I mean, Pack versus Kenny was a really good match but there were no stakes. Cody B. Spears, I felt, felt short, and it was more about what was happening at ringside. The main event was enjoyable, but ended with that bad Judas elbow, and it just didn't feel like it had the drama there. And then you had the Bucks v. Luchas, which was really good, but the other tag matches were just good. It just didn't get quite into that amazing level. So 3.75 three and, three and, three out of 5. 3.75 out of 5. Sam? Cool. So I'm actually fairly similarly. I, I went with 3.9 out of five i wasn't sure how many decimal places we were allowed but um... oh, is that allowed i've never seen the melts to give something a 3.9 it's oh, okay. usually quarters start uh, it's usually quarters but in this case because i didn't clearly define it i will allow it now, okay we okay just round it up to four well i mean <laughs> I don't know if I would necessarily round it up. I mean, my overall thoughts on the show were basically that I thought the, the overall standard of, of wrestling in general on the show was extremely high. Uh, but there were a couple of matches where the pace or the quality kind of dropped a bit. And, and because of how high the, the overall show was, it was extremely noticeable. Things like the uh, the Joshi match, Riho versus Hikaru Shida. I think the problem is, while it wasn't a bad match, nobody really knows either of those people there was no like no stakes nothing kind of apart from i mean the winner gets to be in the in the women's championship match but they're two people that nobody had heard of before they were on uh on what all out or all in uh the first time so you know it's it, it just wasn't that that exciting um i actually thought the pack versus kenny omega match was really good even though it didn't have that many stakes it's like a special singles match but i don't know if there's any other kenny omega matches that do i guess that the moxley match had a build-up but in 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 context it, it was a good match given that they had had no way to build it at all because it only happened because john moxley got injured um and then yeah i thought overall the height the, the the standard of wrestling was very high the dark order versus best friends was a bit of a slump as well um with the exception of the post-match stuff that happened, which was really cool. Oh, no, sorry, I'm getting the tag matches mixed up again. Um, You're a tired man, Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So overall, uh, yeah, I thought 3.9. It, it wasn't like a ridiculous history-making show, but it was very good. So okay, fight. argue this. Because Sam's giving it the highest score, I guess I'll have to argue why I think he's wrong and it's sort of not quite the level he's expecting. I think the key thing for me was like Kenny versus like um, Pack. If it had had Mox in that match, I mean, there could have been an amazing match there, and we could be talking about you know the four to four point five range, which you're like nearer to than I am. But I think as you sort of pointed out, 
there was a couple of matches like the Yoshi match. There was also some botches in that. It was a bit sloppy at times in terms of like some of the covers um, and some of the tag matches. When there's that many concerns with a show and you can't put as many amazing matches as you need to, I don't think you can give it such a high score. I think we have to be like harsh on AEW and be honest with them here. It was, you know, it was not the perfect show. The other, the All In show was better, and this one didn't quite get to those heights. So I thought, um, yeah, you're right. I think you, but you have to, with the Pack versus Kenny Omega, you have to kind of consider the context of how it happened. And I think they did extremely well given the kind of tools that they were given. They were given. I also actually thought the main event finish was really good. I got really into it. I thought. I bit on a lot of the false finishes. It it brought me back to life when I was falling asleep. Um, and actually, for once, I thought that's the first time I've seen the Judas elbow not look like shit because he used it as a counter. And it had already been like it, it, it got to the point in the match where kind of all, they'd all exhausted everything they had. Adam Page had hit the right of passage twice and Jericho had kicked out. Uh, Jericho had hit him with all of his other finishing moves and Adam Page had ev- evaded being pinned for all of them. And then Adam pa- Adam Page sorry, goes for another buckshot lariat and Chris Jericho seizes the opportunity to hit him with the counter of the Judas Effect elbow, which I thought actually made it look more impactful and kind of exciting than when he used it to beat Kenny Omega when it kind of looked a bit crappy, um, which is why I thought it, it deserved the extra 0.15 stars. I guess, I mean, Jericho didn't quite lock the code breaker in or the walls of Jericho. So I, like, I know they, they fought with that. So they didn't get every single one of his finishes in before the end. Um, so, I mean, we're agreeing on what were the good matches, but I think you're agreeing that there were some lulls in this show. There were some times where you were like, this is going long. There were some matches that weren't great. I struggle to give a show close to four stars if I've got those kind of concerns. For me, everything has to be at least at a certain level, and it just got dragged down in a couple of points, like some of those tag matches and the Yoshi match. And I guess if we include the pre-show in the overall length, it just drags it down. I much prefer a tighter show. If they so if they cut if they cut two of the matches off of this show, I'd be happy giving it probably four stars easily. They just needed so, to pace it better. So I guess this is where we have different kind of ideas of what a star rating is. I think you can get close to four stars with, or, or you can get two four stars while still having a couple of maybe not dud matches, but not like incredible hot shit matches. Whereas if you, if every match on the card is a banger, then you're getting over 4.5. Like then you're getting close to the perfect wrestling show, which is what five stars should be really, isn't it? I think the, I think the issue for me comes down to the length of the show. That's what dragged it down. The matches that weren't as good drag it down to 3.75 I think you Uh, can't have that kind of flagging in a show to make it that good okay it seems like both of you are done right so oh boy I mean with with respect to your answers I think uh, I think your argument doesn't really match your star rating I think your star rating should be lower but that's just personal opinion um mm, i uh this is again a very close argue, close one and i don't think the hats has really helped in this instance uh <laughs> but i think uh i think jason made more points in general i think it's just a quantity of points that jason made uh that makes a difference here so jason takes the lead three points to two yeah fair that was a hard one because like was 0.15 stars in it like we had to get intensely splitting like really tiny hairs yeah i mean i mean just uh just out of fairness i would have given the event two and a half stars uh so uh, you know uh i was hoping one of you would be a bit more negative to really uh counteract that hey you if you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pot. Do it! Do it now! Hey you! If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pot. Do it! Do it now! So, on to our 
three count round, which is a speed round. So each competitor will be given an either or option and they'll have 30 seconds to take up that option. The first person to say that option will get to debate that and the other person will get the other option, 30 seconds each. And then they'll have a minute to debate against each other and then I will make a decision. Got it. Just good. Just to, just to confirm, who's winning at the moment? Jason, you are leading three points to two. Oh, so I've got to so win two Sam, of these. Sam, if you want to go two and zero, you got to win. You got to win all three. Oh damn! Got to win all oh, three. Oh shit! All right, all two of them, and then the tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah, we could go to overtime, but uh, yeah, you need to win at least two. Uh, Jason, you need to win two to win. So, which gimmick is worse, Dark Order or the Librarians? Go. Dark Order. Right. I I think the Librarians actually. I'll oh, so, so uh, no trickery there. So, uh, Jason, you get to go first. Well, I guess they're the, just the worst gimmick in terms of the actual. I'm comparing it to, and I just think librarians is a better gimmick because yes, it's lower card for sure, but it's two people you can enjoy seeing lose. They're not going to go above the lower card. They're going to be there. You know, they're just going to be names that you can recognise that get beaten up. Dark Order. They're actually pushing this really out of shape guy and a weird guy that are doing really shit cosplay. And the only apart from having a human chair, I'm not sure what the point is. Cool. Done. Sam. So I think that the librarians are intensely fucking irritating and actually they've had plenty of time in the spotlight and all they've managed to do is make people really hate them, um, which is impressive because Peter Avalon and Lever Bates were reasonably well-respected wrestlers before they had the librarian gimmicks. I do not want to see them on TV and I do not want to see them in matches. I am bored of them. Whereas the Dark Order, I'm not going to disagree that I they're not like... Neither gimmick is great, uh, 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 basically. Done. You're done. One minute fight. Okay. Um, just to compare, like, I mean, you hate the librarians. You're meant to hate them. You're meant but to not like in... Baron Corbin. No. Nah, you hate Baron I... Corbin in the same way. I don't know. I would say I, a great example of like a, a, a way that you should hate a heel is how I hate Jay White. I hate Jay White because he's a slimy shitbag and he cheats to win and all this kind of thing. I hate the librarians because the segments they are in go on far too long and are not funny. They're just irritating and not in a kind of like I'm deliberately irritating you because I'm a heel kind of way. In a like I'm trying too hard to be funny and I'm completely missing the target kind of way. And while I'm not, I'm not going to disagree that the, that the Dark Order are like a bad gimmick either. I think compared which gimmick is worse was the question and I think the answer is definitely the librarians I can tolerate Dark Order segments and I actually think the kind of weird gimp army human chair stuff could maybe be built into something kind of cool um, once but but yeah the librarians they just need to take them away time I I don't even get a chance to respond yeah sorry I basically I filibustered you Jason (laughs) Yeah, he did. Wow. Sorry, Th- three all. Uh, Sam, you get the point. Uh, although I will say, Sam, out of respect, that's keep cheating. it keep it short. No, but Sam wins a point this time round. But Sam, next time you do that, Jason wins a point automatically. Okay. Don't filibuster. Thank you. Sorry, I didn't uh, mean to. New rule: Don't filibuster. Yeah, Surely it's a speed round. Surely it's a default. First choice in the next round. No, 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 speed round for a reason and we'll just move on three or which show is better take over cardiff or all out go take over okay sam you get all out jason you you said yours answer first you get to go first well takeover had two great matches your favorite match of the whole weekend um every or, or at least maybe both of yours if you factor in the main event and the tag team match Nothing went longer than it should have. It was a tight show. There was nothing here where you were like, meh, I wish they'd sort of not done this. It was just solid, lots of big names, and the crowd made it. That crowd was much better than the AEW crowd. It made the show even better from having a really engaged audience. AEW, I think we already talked about, not as good as TakeOver. Sad. So I actually think AEW was the uh, the stronger show of the weekend. I thought there was more variety in the AEW show, more more kind of to, to draw you in. The hardcore match was more exciting than um, D- Joe Coffey versus, uh, what's his name, Davey, Big Dave Mastiff. I think there was actually more dud matches, or in comparison with the rest of the show, some of the matches fell flatter for um, NXT UK, like Noam Dar versus Travis Banks, I did not care about. Stop. 
one minute fight. I mean, the whole comment on AEW is like it was. I mean, I had a few moments, but I really enjoyed the one on the NXT show because it was just a little bit different. I mean, how often does a ring break like that? And I'm still not hundred percent sure that was legit or not. And that's yeah. what I like about it. That was cool, but I think last man standing matches always have extremely flat kind of finishes. Like I the thing, last man standing matches are weird in that like the beginning and the in most of the match is really exciting, like when they're struggling to get to their feet. But then the finish is just it takes so long that there's no like ah kind of moment. It's just like oh all right, so you know big Davies. Which um which 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 show had the best match? Which had the best match of the weekend? Overall. I think over, overall, single match. You don't say Bates versus Volta, you're lying. So just no, ex- I'm not. I'm, I am. That is what I'm going to say. But that's one match, right? I think that there were five other matches that on, match that, on that card that were, on the whole, I think the tag team match came was as good as uh, any of the matches on AEW as well. Uh, maybe not any right. of them, but so most of them. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah, Sam, you lost it right there. And Jason wins a point. Jason needs four points to three. So the Ooh. final question of the three count round. Which Kenny Omega match is better? Chris Jericho at double or nothing or pack at all out? Go. Pack at all out. Jericho. All right. Uh, you can go for oh, that's Sam, easy then. Sam, you get to go first. Okay. I thought that the pack at all out match was, uh, as I said in one of my earlier answers, you have to take it in the context of the show. They had no build and no time to build it. And they still pulled an extremely good wrestling match out of essentially thin air. I thought the match, the double or nothing match with Jericho was actually fairly botchy. And the Judas elbow finish was extremely wanky. Whereas Pac's brutalizer submission looked really, really cool. And doing the, the pass out finish, I thought worked really well. And it was an exciting match all the way through. Oh, whereas the whereas the Jericho match was a properly built match that had a long term build, there was storyline drama, there were stakes you cared, it wasn't just thrown together, it was a really good match, it had the heat, Jericho was awesome in it. I actually enjoyed the ending, I know some people didn't like that actually, but I thought it was actually quite well done. Um the drama of the whole thing, they had the better spots. I don't think it was botchy at all. Um and then pack match it's like oh he kenny eventually passes out i just thought that was a bit weak the way he just was stop holding up stop 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 one minute going for now so i think that what you're saying about the chris jericho match having more storyline build is not wrong but i think that in spite of that, they still didn't have as exciting a match as Kenny Omega and Pac did. Like, they managed to have kind of actually a bit of a letdown of a match because the build was so good. Um, and that, that kind of the Judas effect not being a very impactful finisher, particularly how it was delivered in that match, See, kind of I didn't think, make it. I think this just builds into the fact that Sam is a massive New Japan fan. I enjoy New Japan, but that's where you get the technical wrestling. I like actually build up my storyline and things that engage me over the course of many weeks. And that's what the Jericho Omega match actually did. And then it climaxed with that amazing headline of a big show rather than the second match on the card that everyone knew was kind of just thrown together. I think your character... How technically good it was. I think you're characterising New Japan and my opinions about New Japan slightly incorrectly there. I do like storyline. I just don't think there was much of it in the Chris Jericho match. Stop, 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 stop. This is tough. Um, I only give the point to Sam. It's four all. Oh, this is the first tiebreaker, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, this is the first tiebreaker. And uh, ladies and gentlemen... Uh, they do not know the question that's going to uh, occur. So uh, this this should be fun to see their reaction. Uh, maybe not. It's quite a standard question this time around. But which wrestler Aaron has Holland. a bright... <laughs> no? Fine. What? <laughs> I thought I'd just get Corbin. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> God, no. Which wrestler has a brighter future, Adam Page or Tyler Bate? I'm going to go with, I guess, Adam Page. But it's tight, isn't it? So Yeah, yeah it's you. really tough. Yeah, that, yeah. I, it's interesting because they're both kind of, I feel like they both occupy the same like sphere in their countries. So, guys, this is, still, this is still speed round, three count round rules here. So, Jason, you picked right. Adam Page first, so you've got 30 seconds starting from now. So I'm going with 
Adam Page. Um, I think his company is more behind him quite clearly already. He can talk. He's a good-looking lad. He's shown that he can be in a faction and almost lead a faction. And I think you could put him with a big lad and do a classic Shawn Michaels and Diesel type combo. Um, he doesn't really have bad matches. You know, they're always pretty good. And as I said, he can talk. I think Bate is going to struggle due to the fact that he's not known for his promo ability. Stop. 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 So, oh, yeah, so me. Um, sorry, I was waiting for a cue. Yeah, Tyler Bate. Um, I think, actually, you have to take into account how old Tyler Bate is and what he's accomplished so far in his career. He has already essentially launched an entire brand in the form of NXT UK and with between him and Pete Dunne and Trent Seven, built almost an entire scene in the British Isles. He's only 22. Adam Page is 28. And while it is impressive that he's won the AEW title on his first outing, I think he's got a lot less far to go and he's achieved a lot less in his time on the scene than, than Tyler Bate has uh, and, and will. I mean, Tyler Bate's well known in America as well as over here, which I don't think Adam Page is as well known in, in the UK. Cool. You have one minute to fight starting from now. So I, I disagree that Adam Page hasn't had any bad matches. Um, as much as I don't like to shit on New Japan, in the G1 last year that he was in, he did have a few fairly dud kind of crappy matches. Um, whereas in general, Tyler Bate matches are quite good and fun. I've never seen one where I thought he'd done like a bad job. I've seen ones which I didn't think were amazingly exciting because they were just like on random indie shows or whatever. But that's the nature of watching indie wrestling, isn't it? Uh, whereas, yeah, Adam Page managed to kind of have dull matches in the G1. Sorry. Okay, don't fill the buster. Yes, sorry, yes. I, think, I get what you're saying about um, Tyler Bate and, like, you know, his age and, like, you know, building up a whole scene, but it's like, it's, oh, yeah, he's built up a whole scene. He didn't build it all on his back. You know, he was just, he was the only guy they had full time apart from Pete Dunne. So it's a bit different to say they built, like, the UK division or anything like that. Adam Page is. I mean, he's just more proven already when you look at it. Yeah, you know, they're definitely sort of you know you've got a major company relying on him. You say not all his matches in New Japan were good, but at least he's been over there working stop. amazing matches a lot. Stop, of stop, stop! It's been a little over a minute. I gave you a few extra seconds because of Sam's lengthy response. I I felt Sam's argument was stronger in this instance. I think uh, you know. I have to give him the point and Sam the victory. Sam wins five points to four. Hooray. Ooh. <laughs> Company man, Roman as, Reigns of the podcast. As the top baby face goes. of the podcast, you know, it makes sense that I would be I would be winning. So Sam, your record goes to two and oh. How do you feel? I, I feel like this is the beginning of uh, leading to a full-on Undertaker-level streak. We're going for 25. That's how many he made, isn't it? 25 on his big famous streak? No, less than that. It was 21. Was it? Oh, 21. Well, I'm going to go for 25, and the Undertaker can fuck off. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> is it too late to reverse my decision? Is it too... No, I'm joking. Um... <laughs> I won't. I think that. this is going to be like AEW, where the minute they're tracking wins and losses and they're showing it on the graphics, but within a few weeks, where we'll forget. <laughs> we'll oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh no! I'm making. I'm making a style. I'm making a habit of. Uh, I'm making a habit of uh, keeping track. So, Jason, you t- you fall to one and two, back to a losing record. How does it feel to uh, lose on a tiebreaker? Well, I feel like I got ripped off as always. I think I clearly had some of the strongest arguments anyway, but I just think you wanted to take it to a tiebreaker and I clearly won that last speed round question. So, you know, clearly a company fix as always. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sam, you're beating him next week. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> Who do I have to uh, betray to get that? Sorry. Betray Chris. Guys, you realise okay. I generally edit the podcast, so I could easily just change the end. I mean, yeah. you, do, you have the, do you have the patience to do that? Because to be honest, if you do, then I'll, you can have the win. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we brought Sam, but not only am I winning, but I'm the sexiest member of the pod, and he wants to take me out for dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jason, that's true. Except you have to take me to dinner. Uh, like, I, I'm the diva of the group. Uh, I'm gonna. I will see how this goes. I might do this one week, but for now, I'll accept the loss. Because even yeah. though everyone listening knows it wasn't a real loss. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't don't interfere with the referee's decision. 
You know, you know what, Jason? You know what? You know what? I fed up with your shit. I fed up with your shit, Jason. I fed up with your shit for the past few weeks. Sooner than later, I'm gonna challenge you. I'm gonna come out of my. I'm gonna come out of my chair. I'm gonna make you humble. I am going to make you humble. I'm gonna break my back as well. Okay. Oh you dear. Know. You we heard did. it here first. You heard it here first, and you know we could get a special guest referee in at some point as well. Yeah, because if it's Sam, it's bullshit. We all know that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, a fair and balanced judge, I'm sure. And and I also I, my PayPal is sam.j.late. I'm not going to say that actually. That would be a really bad idea. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say the domain name. It's fine. <laughs> uh, wait, wait. Uh, I can reveal all later on Twitter. He doesn't follow us. Anyway, so that yes, wraps I do. it up. Oh, do you? Shit. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So that wraps it up for another week of the Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge. If you do like our show, then remember to subscribe, like us, give a five-star review. Pretty please. And also, you can follow us on social media, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod, and at Holy Shoot Wrestling on Instagram. And that's the bottom line, because this pod said so. Pipe bomb. Personified, and I will try.